Illinois, a former Miss America, Northwestern graduate, Kate yeah. Schindel. Thanks for being here. Hi. You've done a lot. I have done a lot. We, I'm... Could, we could do like a whole hour on all of your accomplishments. Things, uh, life has gone well, you know? I mean, and and for me, as far as I'm concerned, it really started with, my, my life did not start by uh, beginning at Northwestern, but I feel like my adult life started. That's kind of the college thing, right? Of course, yeah. And it was just such a perfect place for me to go to school. Yeah. You know, I was in the theater program there. It's such a, a huge and really, to use a sort of overused word, robust theater program. Yeah. And it was just like heaven. Did There's, you live on campus? I did. did you the whole campus life? I did. I did. I, li- I lived in a dorm for my first two years, and then I lived in a sort of scrubby apartment um, for a year. And then I lived in a nice apartment for a year. So I got I got the spectrum. You got the full yeah. Big Ten college experience. Oh, and, you know, that's part of why, you know, the Miss America thing was, at, it was a lovely detour, but it was a bit of a detour from what I planned to be doing with my life all along, which was to be an actor. And um, But when it was over, there were a lot of people who told me, just go to, go to New York, go to L.A., you know, you've got some momentum and you should capitalize on it. And I said, no, I'm going back to Evanston. I want to finish my last year of school and finish my degree and hang out on campus and go to football games and do the things you never right. get to do again. Experience was, your youth. Yeah. You know? I'm so glad I did. Your late teens, early 20s. Yeah. You're starring in Fun Home at the mm-hmm. Oriental Theater through November 13th. We'll talk about that yeah. in just a second. But let's talk. Let's kind of start Start from the beginning. Start from square one. Your childhood. No. Um, 1977. How, Toledo, <laughs> Ohio. <laughs> right. We how claim you as our have? own, by the way. We claim you That's as fine. Chicago. Okay, That's good. Fine. So just good so, you know, it, your Chicago's very own. Yes. Okay, I, good. I am... I'm a fan of that. It's great. We do. We, we I grew up in um, I grew up in New Jersey, uh, South Jersey, outside of Philadelphia. But I will tell you, it's a close race whether I have been to more towns and cities in New Jersey or Illinois. Because really? when you're Miss Illinois, you go all over the place. I've been to Oblong. I've been to Ottawa. Home. I've been, you know, <laughs> right. Uh, Murfreesboro, probably towns that we wouldn't even have, you know, cities small and big. You know, and um, how did I, let's yeah. talk about how you got into pageantry, how you became Miss Illinois. I mean, I know you probably didn't go to Northwestern and think I am going to be a beauty queen. I'm going to be a pageant oh, queen. Gosh. No, I mean, it just seemed like a good fit. You know, my family had volunteered on the on the uh, Miss America pageant from the time I was really young. And I had volunteered a couple times, you know, here and there because we lived close to where it was held. Right. Um, and in August of every year, that was the thing. You know, everybody everybody mobilized to put on this huge event. It was a lot less corporate then. It was a, a bit more homespun. It was, and yeah. especially being for, being in the Midwest, you know, yeah. Illinois, Indiana, it's very homegrown. You know, mm-hmm. we take a lot of pride yeah. in our Miss Illinois. It just seemed like a thing that would be that I would be suited to. Yeah. You know, and and so, and I'm really competitive. Yeah. It turns out so, and it worked out well for and you. It worked out well because <laughs> I didn't want to leave any doubt that that I was. Uh, that I was there for the the whole enchilada, and I didn't tell anybody at school because you know I was taking I had a second major in sociology, right? I was taking um, women's studies and right. political science, and and Miss America was such a punching bag. Mm-hmm. And at that time, uh, it was so heavily geared toward activism, which is something that nobody really talked about right. outside of the organization. And I just thought it was 
worthwhile. So it took me three years to win a local pageant. Um, I competed in the Miss Chicago pageant three times, and I never won. Um, but the third year, I was first runner-up, and then some uh, some people, uh, a couple that was running a, a competition in Schaumburg came up to me and said, we're doing ours on Sunday. Want to come? And there were eight contestants, and I was like, okay. yep, that's, that's the ticket. <laughs> like your chances, yeah. Yeah, and that was in March um, of 97, and then... June, I became Miss Illinois, and in September was Miss America. So, like, once just, I started winning, I was going to say, was it a it, whirlwind for you? Just yeah. that whole boom, 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 and yeah. then you're at the Miss America pageant. What's going through your head at this point? It was great. I wrote a whole book about it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're, you're an just, author, too. My God. You've done more in your life than I think most people, you know, twice your age. It's Thank you. That's very cool. Well, I, I like doing things that I find interesting, you yeah. know, and I had gotten involved, you know, the latest thing is that I had gotten involved with my union and I had been an officer of our union and now I'm the president of our union. So I ran for that. Like we had never elected a president under 40. And, you should have you some know. higher aspirations, Kate. <laughs> well, <laughs> what else is left for you to do? Oh, a president. Oh, hey. Not this Four year. Years. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll tell you what. No. It's, it is, I just watch that going down and I think no wonder reasonable people don't want to run for that office. People who would actually probably be good at it like you know you look at somebody like Colin Powell and Mm -hmm. though I may disagree with him here and there on some of what would probably be his policies you at least think that guy'd probably be a pretty stable leader right and he doesn't want anything to do with it or at least he hasn't I assume he won't in the future it's just we've got to get out of this pressure cooker it's disheartening in in so many ways because we're we're better than this we're better than the attack and and on both sides you know not to make it a partisan thing we're better than what what's happening right now you know most people i know are just trying to make it work Mm -hmm. and i've actually i am not intentionally pivoting but i have said that in the past few weeks several times because that's one of the messages that i take from our show you know our show has some heavy themes but the people in it are just trying to live their lives the best they can and i think that that is absolutely true of America. You know, most people are taking their kids to school and they're hoping that they have health insurance and they want to be able to pay their mortgage. And they're not really that interested in getting into this vitriolic discourse. And I feel like if there is ever a presidential candidate who can inspire hope in some of the demographics that some of the candidates have been stoking up fear and outrage in, Mm -hmm. God, wouldn't that be a better way to go? I'm telling you, you should reconsider. <laughs> You're already the president of your, uh, president of your guild. Uh, let's talk about Fun Home, though. Your yeah. character, Allison. Uh, let's talk about mm-hmm. the theme, which you touched on briefly, of Fun Home. It's yeah. something that everybody should see. You know, it, it's powerful. So. It's poignant. What do you want your audiences to, to, to take away from it? Well, it's a show. I mean, it's it's a show that's difficult to sum up in an elevator pitch, yeah. you know. Um, it is not what you would think of as a traditional musical, although it has the construction and the the craftsmanship of an excellent musical it's one act um so it's a it's a um, a real achievement in storytelling i believe but it's about a family it's about allison bechtel who's mm-hmm. a real person that's your character yes that's mm-hmm. me and and we have actually three actors who play allison at different ages but but it's my allison's memory play basically and she is trying to now this all actually happened but there you know this is allison the character not necessarily a a carbon copy of allison the real person but she wrote a book about her father you know she's a graphic uh, memoirist and and a cartoonist and in our show she is trying to sort of 
mine her memories yeah. for cool images and captions, yeah. right? And what ends up happening is that um, she has never dealt with the death of her father, who died under somewhat mysterious circumstances when she was in college, but the family thought it was a suicide and still thinks it was a suicide. And she is forced throughout the, you know, 100 minutes of the show to come to terms with sort of where she came from and deal with the death of her father so that she can move on. So it starts out as sort of an intellectual exercise, but then as she watches the other act, because I never leave the stage, so I watch everybody's scenes. You're on the whole time. I'm on the whole time. Um, And as she watches these scenes from her childhood and from her college years play out, she finds herself getting drawn into things that she did not expect to get drawn into. So... um, that is the longest elevator pitch in the world, but I, it is a complicated, interesting, challenging, um, and also entertaining piece of And a theater. beautiful story, too. And a great story. It, and yeah. Is it hard for you as an actress? I mean, I know you've played Sally Bowles. I'm, you've played such a wide range of, actor, of, of roles in your career. Is it hard for you to go to a role, okay, you have to cut your hair, you have to play a character that you're not. She's she's a lesbian in, yeah. in the in the in the play. Well, in the book too, um, and also in life. In life. So, <laughs> is is it hard for you as an actor to take on a role that maybe is a little bit outside of your comfort zone, or do you embrace kind of saying, you know what, this is a huge challenge for me. I'm going to play this complex character mm-hmm. facing her struggles. I actually find it easier to play characters that aren't exactly like me. How come? Um, because it. Because it's easier to leave it on stage, you know. And, and you know, the thing is that I feel like uh, Allison and I have a lot in common. Sure, we have a different sexual orientation, but um, but she's an artist and I'm an artist. And she looks at things through sort of an intellectual prism and so do I. You know, I, I don't lead with my emotions. I lead with my brain. And once I put the puzzle together, then I can jump in. And it's funny because it's a, it's a very difficult role just because of the transitions and the, the evolution that you have to make with most of, like, I don't have any scenes with anyone until the very end. I just am sort of the connective tissue pulling the rest of it together. So it's it's hard to get to the point of being as emotionally engaged as I need to be at the end of the play when there's not much of a ramp up. But I I like it. I mean, it's you seem like you is as a person and an actor just welcome welcome the challenge. Yeah. Turns know? out maybe that's like that's one of my themes, I guess. It is. I mean, truly, you've <laughs> give done Give me a yeah, <laughs> give me a hurdle and I'll jump Give me over an it. actor's equity guild to lead and I'll take care of it. But it's also yeah, I mean, um what's that like? I know well, I'm kind of digressing too. I mean, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's fascinating. And and actors and we also represent stage managers. Mm-hmm. We can be challenging. Um, we are by nature, and I'm especially referring to actors now, we are by nature, most of us, um, uh, unusually emotional, mm-hmm. right? And um, I believe, at least in my own life and then watching some of the things that I've seen play out since I was elected, um, we have an because our business is so unstable, many of us has, have an outsized need for stability elsewhere, and we look to our union for it. And um, it is a complicated, challenging, frustrating, demanding position, right. and I love, like, every single minute of it. You're also in a mentoring role, too. I mean, you are in sure. a leadership, but also a mentoring role, too, mm-hmm. you know, for the younger actors and, and the female actors. I mean, I'm going to say, yeah, it's the year of the woman, you know, it's, yeah. it's in, and we're looking for 
representation or someone to kind of, you know, honor us as well. I think you make a good point, and I don't really think of it as mentoring, but to me, one of the things that actors can do is get out of the mentality that we are lucky to have the work mm -hmm. and that we are the least important person on the totem pole because we are so replaceable. Those hundred people in line behind you who would happily take this job would get tired of a workplace where they weren't treated well, too. And I'm not saying, like, the the the, the job I have now is like a dream workplace. The producers right. are great. The management is great. You know, the company is great. We don't have any drama queens. It's just the greatest thing ever. But there are some um, some places where producers take advantage of actors, and um, and I don't like that. And I want the actors to know that we have 50,000 members, mm -hmm. right? And we're all part of this community all the time because our, our lifestyle is so transient that when your show closes, it's like it's like your family splits up. Right. And then you what fall next? out of touch with people sure. and what's your next job. And, um, and equity is a tent that we're all in all the time. So, Do you find that uh, as an actor and a, as the head of, of the Actors Guild – or actors' equity. Do you find that there are fewer roles for women? I mean, we hear this a lot of time on a much, on a broader scale too, when it comes to the Oscars and lack mm -hmm. of representation with the minority community, African American, Asian American, female roles. Do you find that as well? I mean, within the acting community, that there aren't strong female roles or roles for, say, African American or Asian American, Mexican American, Mexican -American actors. Well, it's funny that you should ask that because we just had a special council meeting yesterday. Council is our basically our governing board of 83 people, okay. um, counselors and uh, officers. And we just had a very, very in-depth report from some of our statistics gurus uh, who have gone through our database and seen where our members actually work. And for those who did choose to self-identify their, their race or ethnicity, we can look at that too. Oh. And the interesting thing is that, um, and we'll be dealing with this in a more complete way in, in uh, months to come, Yes, there are fewer contracts for women than men. Um, there are uh, way too few contracts for members of color. Um, and we don't know about the, say, 16% who decided not to tell us what their ethnicity is, which is certainly their right, and I respect that. You know, we're looking at actors with disabilities and how, whether their stories get told. And, you know, I think that a lot of that... It's got to be an industry conversation, and we want to lead it because a lot of that is not just about hiring people um, who look different in real life than the people would have in Oklahoma in the 1950s, um, but but also just rethinking the stories that get told. Mm -hmm. I mean, Fun Home, for example, yeah. is a show that I don't think would have developed without this sort of experimental nature of off-Broadway and the fact that the public theater gave it an incubator. And... You know, because there are just a lot of commercial producers who um, have to pay attention to the bottom line. Right, and right. they would rather do something that has already worked in the past, whether it's on film or they think about doing revivals or whatever, than take a chance on a story like ours, which is not an easy sell, mm -hmm. even though it's an important piece of theater. So um, we've got to make sure that the theater looks more like our actual world. And I actually like wrote a Supreme court, how we always say right. that too, you know, it should make up right. America kind of on a, on a different level. Of course. Well, right. But we had a bit of a, a blow up with diversity um, 
we've had several of them. I mean, it's a really important issue to our members. Um, you know, casting, you know, whitewashing right. while they're casting, of course, and, yeah. and it should be a big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wrote a guest column for Variety about it a few months ago, and it was until we get to the point where where ethnicity really doesn't factor into the story unless it factors into the story, right? Um, then we're going to still have some ground to make up. Right. And, and Hamilton doesn't fix everything. Mm-hmm. As great as it is, mm-hmm. that is, I believe, um, if I may, racially specific mm-hmm. casting in order to tell a very specific story. It's not race blind. It's purposeful. And it's great because it's purposeful. Lynn did a, a tremendous job with that. But, you know, I think there are still theaters who will say, well, we'll do the color purple next season and then we're good. Like, that, that's not know, how right? we, what we need to strive for. It's unfortunate that we're still having this dialogue in 2016, but it's important that we're yeah. still having this dialogue in 2016. And there's strides that still need to be made. Yeah. There really are. I, it's so nice and heartening to talk with you. Oh, thank you. About issues like this. You're so... Um, you're an activist, you know. Yeah, you really are I in can't a lot shut of sense. That part of me off. Do you still do? I know AIDS activism was um, kind of your platform when yeah. you were Miss America as well. Do you still do work for various charities, or is there just not a lot of time right now? Well, yeah, you know, most of the AIDS activism that I've ended up doing in the last several years has been less lobbying mm-hmm. and more um, uh, fundraising, right? So Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, which we're doing appeals for. Yeah. Pardon me, um, this time of year, of course, at, uh, to the audiences is, is something that we all work for, for example. Um, several years ago, I started to get really uh, involved peripherally uh, in the marriage equality conversation. I mean, I think that LGBT rights are really important. And I think that um, I think that there is a straight line between denying people equality uh, legally and violence against gay people. I, I, I don't see how anybody doesn't see that sort of causal link but it's we, surprising isn't it i it's, mean we think it's common we think it's common sense and we just take that for granted sometimes yeah. that not everybody sees the reality of the situation it's crazy right yeah. so with this show i mean our first responsibility is to have what's on stage be at the highest level it can be and i take that really seriously but now that we're into the tour one of the things that i want to do and i've already started doing some outreach and and spoken to a couple friends about possibilities is to go find the kids that are like kicked out of their houses for being gay and right. just tell them we see you, you know, even if it's just listening to their stories. I don't have anything to tell. Like, I don't want to act like the expert right. going to talk to people like that. But I feel like I could really learn from them. And and I feel like it, if at some point we can offer them the opportunity to see the show, you know, then then that would be fantastic. But until then, I just – that – there is a part of me that feels like it takes so little to make a positive impact on somebody's life. Absolutely. And there's there have got to be some kids who are living in shelters who love Broadway. You know, I I would really like to meet those kids. Absolutely. It's a great mission. I mean, yeah. definitely get the get the ball rolling. Um but again, go see go see Fun Home. I know see we, Fun I, Home. I know we got a little a little serious, but I love talking issues with you. Um Fun me Home. To you. Thank you. And this is Go see it. It's an important message, and it's important for everybody to see. And it's a show that if you love musicals, yeah. you will like it. I mean, and if you don't think you like musicals, you very well may like it too, because it's not your standard. No disrespect, there is a place for the 
big production number jazz hand shows. I love them too, but this is not that. <laughs> you, so. you start in a few too. I have done a couple of those yeah. as long as they didn't involve moving my body through space in time to the music. <laughs> Are you happy to be home? And I, I say am. home because we're claiming you. I, I told am. I'm you going that. to Northwestern. I just made a big, I, I've just boxed up the day before I left um, my entire Miss America wardrobe like 20 years worth of clippings and I'm donating them to the Northwestern Library. Oh, how so cool is that? they asked me, can we keep your stuff? We would like your papers. And That's I was great. like, I'll give so you everything. So can students go see, students can, you know, Not right this minute, but they yeah. will be able to. They, okay, it's going to take them a while to catalog all the stuff I gave them. <laughs> That's a lot of clippings. But yeah. A lot of pageants. It, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of proclamations like it's Kate Schindel Day in some small town in, town in Illinois. You know, just... Uh, I'm so honored, and so, and I'm going up there to speak to students next Friday, um, as in conjunction with the Dolphin Show, which is a big oh, student-produced cool. show up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty psyched. It's going to be great. Well, congratulations on all of your success. I know there's so much more for Kate Schindel to come, but we're Thank excited you. that you spent some time with us. Oh, Thank I'm you. happy to anytime. And go see Fun Home see at, fun at home. the uh, Oriental Theater through November 13th. Get your tickets now. Broadway in Chicago. Dot com.